0: It's another Tuesday evening on 97.3 City FM and we are going to have a very big technology-related conversation. This is your station of choice, of course, and this is City Trends. My name is Philip Ashon, and today's show is going to take us um in all sorts of directions we're going to visit um some parts of uh, kenya we're going to visit some parts of uganda some parts of south africa we're going to also touch base in the united kingdom and then of course our local champion with a global perspective will also be joining us it is the topic um that is bringing all of us together gaming in africa what is the next frontier that is a conversation we're having on the show today and it is such a pleasure to be touching base with friends from all across the continent and of course outside of it as well well let us get straight into it but before I do that I'd like to remind you of course that you can join the conversation on our whatsapp number zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six the number once again is zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six you can alternatively reach us on Twitter using the hashtag C I T I T r e n d s if you have any questions or if you have any perspective to share as well it would be nice to hear from you And so let us meet the members of the panel for today. Our very first one happens to be all the way from Kenya. Douglas Ogeto, he's a co-founder and CEO of Lid, Lid, Ludic Works. Ludic Works. Douglas, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you're doing very well all the way in Kenya
1: looking forward to contributing more about what Ludixworks works uh does and and the larger video game industry on the continent thank
0: brilliant you. brilliant thank you so much well let us also get uh, in touch with our sister all the way in south africa Site kube is a director of proserium.net um sita thank you so much for joining us on the show today
2: hey glad to be here yeah,
0: it's proserium.net. dot prosarium, from South Africa. Yeah, yeah. brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> thank you so much. And of course, um, all the way. Um, uh, um, her first name is a bit of uh, a, a bit of a tricky one, but um, Ellen um, Shabukali um, is joining us, co-founder and managing director, Team Gematrix Limited. Um, Ellen, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Okay, we will try and um, establish connection with Ellen in just a bit. But Johanna, Johanna um, is joining us from the United Kingdom. She's a strategic partnerships and business development um, person at U- Unity and D&I D and I Advocate as well. And Johanna joins us all the way in the UK. Johanna, thank you so much for making time to join us on the show.
3: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Philip. And I'm looking forward to the conversation.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, let's let's also uh, touch base with the man who makes things happen, who actually put this um, um, panel together. Aram Teria, CEO of Letty Arts. Aram, thank you so much for all that you do for um, the, the tech ecosystem in Ghana and across the continent.
4: Thank you for the, happy to be here.
0: All right. So, well, let's let's start off. Let's start off with um, um, Sithi, uh, if if you may. Sithe, um tell us about what the gaming industry um, looks like in South Africa or in the southern parts of of Africa. Do you even have a gaming industry um, to start off with? And if you do, what does it look like?
2: Oh, so I'm originally from Zambia, but I've been in South Africa since 2014, and I've kind of been um near the game development scene in south africa since then and south africa has a really active game development scene um, in terms of southern africa south africa is definitely the most active and you might even say it's the most active on the continent possibly um depending on what you're looking at um yeah south africa has a large community of developers, so independent developers and studios. So it's individuals who are making games and people who are coming together to make their own studios. South Africa has educational um, facilities that actually train people in game development, and they have funding. Um, They even have government funding that supports game development activities and the art projects. And they've actually come a long way um i guess their game industry kind of started in 1993. um the earliest game i know of i mean most people say is toxic bunny um you can find some other artifacts from way back there even elon musk made a game i think while while he was still in south africa possibly but it was like a little game and stuff like that but south africa has had gaming culture and all that stuff going for a really long time so yeah i would say they're pretty active but the rest of southern africa is much newer um but yeah newer means newer pressure ideas fresher different ideas i don't know like i don't look at the other other places like as in on a timeline that compares to South Africa I, I like to think that everyone's kind of on their own journey um so but yeah you can definitely say south africa has a lot of developers a lot of world-known games a lot of world-known studios stuff like that
0: i see uh, well we'll be coming to how south africa possibly can hold the hands of and um, the rest of africa in terms of the search of basically a proper gaming industry that we can be we can be proud of douglas what does it look like from your end all the way in kenya
1: um here in kenya it's definitely quite promising um I mean, people, people are, have definitely been picking up from, uh, learning from what other people or ecosystems are doing. Um, most of the success has definitely been mobile, uh, building people, developers building for Android um, and also iOS. Uh, but I think as the markets have been maturing, taking looking at also how South, South Africa has come along, uh, definitely we are seeing people trying to, you know, play play around with possibly PC, uh, PC kind of uh, development, uh, but still mobile skin. Um, <clears throat> I'd say pro- possibly since we are fortunate to have a number of, um, you know, global players, whether Microsoft, etc. This definitely helps with uh, access to tools. Um, when it comes on the contact- connectivity side. Definitely, data is is quite affordable, affordable compared to other ecosystems. Uh, so this is definitely encouraging more uh, game developers um, to to enter into the space and and try their hands. So yeah, it's it's definitely growing rapidly, and we hope to see this uh, keep the momentum.
0: Nice one, nice one. Well, thank you for for that update. Then I'll also be coming to you about you know basically how the, your efforts all the way in Kenya is helping or what sort of collaborations exist you know between yourself and then you know some of the other um african countries that well let's let's go to um the uk first of all and um find out from johanna as well from where she, from Johanna, away from where you sit what what do you what do you see as you know the the what do you see as a scene in terms of um the the more, the gaming industry. Do we do we have one in terms of an African identity for a gaming industry, or does it look like something that is all too fragmented to even have an identity as a gaming industry?
3: I would I would say that there is there is uh, from the outside there is um, a nascent gaming industry, uh, although I know that there is some mature um, cluster in Africa, on the continent, um, from the outside, you can say that there is there is, um, there is uh, some some nascent. So there there are some players, key players in South Africa, Cameroon, Games, and Tunisia, um, and as well little Hearts, um, and then we we starting having an interest from publishers. Uh, international publishers um, to into the uh, gaming industry in Africa and what's going on into the, in the gaming industry and not only for the gaming industry but the game developers as well.
0: That's that's a, that's an interesting take on on that one. Let's let's go to Ellen now. Ellen, if you can hear me, um, can you paint us a picture of what the gaming industry looks like from your end?
5: Um, can you hear me?
0: Yes, we can hear you. It's so nice to hear you. <laughs>
5: Okay. All right. Good. Uh, yes. So uh, for me, I'm more experienced uh, from the, the the electronic sports perspective, uh, from the competitive gaming aspect of the industry in Zambia. Uh, so for the game development, I'll touch on it by saying uh, it's it's growing slowly but surely. Uh, every year in uh, January, we have the Global Game Jam that uh, helps uh People who would like or have interest in game development to create games with uh, little to no knowledge in coding. So, so we have uh, game developers, people who create uh, the sounds, and uh, people who can uh, write scripts on the games come together for three days and create those games from scratch, and then showcase them at the end.
0: Interesting. Yes. So, uh,
5: and then. The- yes, please
0: go yeah. on. Go on, please.
5: Yes, and uh, from the esports perspective, um, it has been it has been around for years. Uh, my first experience was in 2015 at an event called the Meet, uh, hosted by a local organization called Nedotaku. That was the first time where I met uh, various uh, players and gamers from different parts of uh, Zambia come together over two days of gaming and competition. But, uh, however, uh, in hindsight, we have uh, a lot of gamers who actually play in the high dense areas. So, there are local uh, high dense areas that we call, for example, Kabuata, Matero, uh, Chilenje, such places where there are local game centers and players, gamers who can't afford consoles can uh, play from there. So there's been uh, some growth there. Even our gamers, the gamers that uh, we signed to Team Geometrics actually have been playing for um, a minimum of five years each in terms of experience. And they've had that from these uh, local game centers. In, I should say the shanty compounds of of the, of the city, I should say. So it's, it's there, although it's not uh, visible from the media perspective but the community is really growing and it's always been there
0: let me start off the next round of questions with you then you you seem to draw a clear line between um basically a gaming industry as you know what we want it to be and then an eSports sort of so it's, so it's almost as if we're you're dealing with two separate entities and i'm just wondering if that is what the case is and if if so what really is the difference
5: uh, I don't think there's so much as a difference uh, when when you talk of esports and the gaming industry as per se uh, much. Um much like traditional sports, there are different branches within the industry. You see, there's the people who actually play the games. For, I'll take football for example. The, you've got teams in the ecosystem who actually participate in the leagues. Then you've got the leagues that actually facilitate the competition, and then you've got the the companies that actually create the balls, the footballs that everyone uses in the game. And you know, it's 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 branched off in that perspective. So in this case, in terms of gaming. We have the game developers who actually create the game, in this case the football. And then you've got uh, the teams who actually, the the leagues who actually facilitate the competitions. And then you've got the the teams who actually play in those competitions. But from the foundation perspective in ZAM, I can say we are at the pace where we just have mostly the football. So, we have the talent in players who are playing uh, where they can afford to, but we don't have much of the, the game development where, like, we have um, a, f- a foundation of a lot of game developers who are actually creating the balls that we can actually take part in the, the games, I should say.
0: Interesting. Aram, let me come to you now then so for you with everything that you've heard um sitting in ghana wh- where do you think we are in terms of a gaming industry which is led by africa does do we have anything close to it and if we do where are we with that
4: yes um i think i think um ghana is also making great progress um And I'll just um, talk about what CT said. I think most of my presentations or what we've been saying all along as gamers is that South Africa its not sub-Saharan Africa. When you go to South Africa, it's all like it's very different from from what the sub-region is actually facing in terms of growth, um, growing in a lot of technology. South Africa has a vibrant industry. And South Africa and North Africa, they have quite some, some, um, some amount of gaming in there because of how close they are with, I think, the European, um, the North with the European, and then the South having a lot of um, um, all the big tech white influence in there. So, um, I think one of the talks I gave at GDC, which is the emergence. Uh, the emerging landscape of African video, video game uh, development, I made mention of that comparison where you have very good games from North Africa and South Africa, from Africa, because you have Ub, uh, Ubisoft and the rest all in these countries. And then we have the sub regions. Game from the sub region, we'll put is sub Saharan Africa, is where we are concentrating in. So, myself, Douglas, um, Ch- uh, Wei, uh, C- um, and uh, Johanna as a Unity um, um, correspondent is trying to help kickstart. So um, in Ghana, we've made a great um, jump from where we were. Um, I think this year the Global Game Jam alone could show you where we uh, as an industry in Ghana, we had about five jump sites. Last year was just two. The previous year was one. Um, and now the five jump sites made a couple of games. And um, just two days ago, um, uh, Mills Media released another game. And you have people from Kumasi making games. And some of the internships that we've also run in Letty Arts also have yielded people making a lot more games. And I've also sat in um, university um, panels where students have made games as final year thesis. So gradually, people are buying into the idea. We have the Ghana Game Developers Group on WhatsApp, which is also growing very fast. Um, and then uh, people graduate to join the African Game Development uh, Developers Group um, um, gradually. So, the industry is growing very fast. And um, I think now we only need collaboration to uh, to scale that and um, working together. I have been fortunate to have a partner right from the onset who um, is from Kenya. So we have been running Letty Arts um, West East right from the onset. So that is a sign of collaboration. So working with Johanna Douglas and, um, city um uh in the past year and um in the future would really make this grow. Nigeria is also growing very fast in the sub-region. So I think we have a promising industry.
0: Interesting. Interesting, Joanna, you had a point that you wanted to put across on 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 some of the things that we've talked about so far. The the floor is yours.
3: Sorry. Um yes. Um about the question of the ecosystem um, the, the separation between the uh, the people that actually uh, play the game, the eSport and the uh, the, the gaming industry. Um, so I wanted to really uh, for to vulgarize and uh, to to explain what is the ex- ex- exact what what we have. What are the actor of the whole ecosystem in in the gaming industry? So we do have the game technology. Uh, such as Unity so it's a platforms that create um, that help developer create content real-time 3D content. you have the uh, in the ecosystem so you have the game academia, the universities or t- the training partners that go in to, to help skill up uh, the talents. Um, and then we've got the game developers were in studios or, or freelance that, that create cal- talent and that create the games, the content, sorry, that create the content that um, people in eSports are going to play. And then in that ecosystem, we we have the stars, uh, the lifestyle. As uh, Cholwe was saying, uh, is like football. Um, So there are the stars of footballs and there are stars as well in eSports. And then you have everybody who are the game consumers. And today... it's, it would be rare to meet someone that, um, that actually don't play games.
0: Well, it, it's great that you've set it out like that, Johanna. So I'm just going to go to C and now and inquire from Sithi. Sithi if you can if you can hear me. So with everything with everything broken down the way Johanna has done, I mean, what, what is missing in terms of the jigsaw, the jigsaw that we're trying to put together um for building, you know, that's that industry, that African gaming industry that we, we all so want so badly? Uh,
2: so from my perspective, um I think something which I really would love to see or something which needs to happen is uh, we really need to see uh, us build a framework such that Africans are the main beneficiaries of the culture and the the main financial and social beneficiaries of game development and gaming as it's growing. Because, I mean, there like so many times you see things like... Um, Right now, African culture is really popular, right? And you might see a lot of times people, um, other people creating visuals and creating content based on Africa, but the people who are benefiting aren't Africans themselves. So I think we're in a great position Um, or in terms of the game development industry, we're in a good position because there is actually like a lot of ways which people can publish their own games. Um, But something which maybe needs to happen is us having more publishers on the continent to be able to handle things. Um, Yeah, so that's what I'm hoping to see. Like In the long run, I really want to see us build our industry in a way that Africans can be the main beneficiaries culturally, financially and socially.
0: Douglas, um, what about you? What What do you think is, is is missing? What are we missing out on to complete this great, incredible jigsaw um, for the benefit of all?
1: Uh, thanks for the question. Um, so I think from my uh, perspective, it's uh, definitely uh, harmonizing what each of my fellow panelists have mentioned, you know, like bringing in academia uh, and uh Also, seeing how to take advantage of the rich culture we have, as well as the larger ecosystem. And I think uh, definitely, you know, markets, I'd say markets as well as education is key. Uh, Just because, you know, for Africa to be able to compete on the global level, uh, we definitely need to have skills that are at par uh, with the global talent. So we definitely, there's definitely room uh, for more to be done there. Um, And then, And another point would be seeing how to actually open up uh, the international market for the local game developers, uh, just because, you know, when you build a game, you're not building it just for the content, but you're building it for global uh, consumption. So um, it's important to also think about how do you actually get games uh, out into the global arena uh, so that they can be able to compete. Uh, and, and the beauty about it is not people to play the game just because it's from Africa, but because it has a global appeal as well
0: interesting interesting well and
1: hopefully yeah and some of this this is what we are hoping to hopefully open up the markets uh for the the ecosystem
0: i see um johanna you you indicated that there were two other actors that you felt were critical to um getting us into you know that's that sort of frame of mind in terms of an african gaming industry what are those two that you wanted to include
3: yes um so i wanted to complete my 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 response earlier so we have the game publishers such as um uh such as ludic works and we have game publishers as well from the uh, international market and um we have as well the vcs with venture capital who uh, in invest in in some games and that going to actually um, enable the, uh, the studio the game developers to, to actually reach uh the, the success that they want uh with uh with the, those type of investments
0: i see aram you you had an uh, you had a point to make about academia for example and um, the role they play and some other pointers can you please highlight those for us sorry
4: yeah so um for the puzzle to be complete academia has to play a lot of um role on the continent uh, because um the Africa is education um bias and in any economy you need education um to transform it you, you need to invest in people and invest um in in um, um, industries that are not Common. So we have to have a conscious um, realigning of academia to start taking game courses like what South Africa is doing. You can take a game design course to PhD level because I always say that gaming is the only industry that brings together all skill sets. If you're a writer, you are a blogger, um, when you travel, there are even bloggers who write on game characters. Game characters have their dedicated bloggers. They have dedicated lawyers. They have um, um, well-designers, AI um, designers, like specialization. And everyone is important in the gaming space. And academia is the only space where people, like you have every skill set present at the same time. When you go to the university, you have the department of art. You have the department of computer science, engineering, law, business, we can start working together for every aspect to be doing something within the game that is being produced. So the business, the MBA guys can be learning about gaming business. Those who are doing art can be learning about 3D modeling or, or um, illustrations, game, game art and all those technicalities. Programmers will be learning about how to program the games. And we have a lot of stories that can happen in the literature and English department. So, this is how I envision academia transforming to take it up as a World Cup for change to happen, right? And we need to also have local literature. So, when you go out there, you, there are a lot of gaming literature on all these successful um, games or any. Game that is out there has some form of literature. How to make Angry Birds, or or something about the Angry Birds makers, how they started the game, how the game became big. All these are there, and you don't have to be successful to write. I think we have to start writing our stories. I was telling Douglas and the others that we in the game industry who have at least charted this path for some time need to start writing. Books. That's why I published my first book, and I made it a game book. And I hope libraries can publish it in that light. So Douglas can also publish one. Whether it's ten pages, fifteen pages, it's still a book on video games. See, we can write about our global game jams, the success of all these games. We need to start documenting these things and seeding it in the academic space, so that the upcoming guys can start reading and charting that path. I posted something recently from a presec boy who read my book and that book became the stepping stone for him to start making games on on, uh, using African stories. And he started the Instagram page on that. So we need to start changing mindsets of the upcoming developers so that they can start making these games. Games also need some form of investment. I put scale first and investment last, but I'll touch base on the investment. We need first first mover investors in the space, like what Johanna mentioned. If a VC is coming onto the African continent, they need to have the mindset that this is a nascent industry. Infrastructure is fresh, though it's growing. Um, Education in the industry is low, though they are though there's potential, they need to weigh all these risks are still putting some significant money to keep the industry alive. Because we are not just building companies, we are building industries and we need everyone's support to sustain that industry. So that is where I am coming from in terms of consciously moving the industry to the next level and, and it's a collective effort
0: incredible ellen do you do you agree with some of these pointers and also how big a deal is the issue of funding and um money where where where, where you are in terms of finding the best way to build a gaming industry even in your country even before we come to the african scene
5: uh yes uh, first of all I'll touch base uh, on the literature perspective uh, of documentation. Uh, that's very important, as at the core of all in Africa, as uh, one of us mentioned, uh, education is, is traditionally and culturally our primary focus uh, for success, right? Um, so the best way we can also tackle the foundation of implementing gaming and making it uh, something that is normal and part of our lives is embedding it in our education system. Uh, some of the ways uh, that we can look into that is getting um, gaming as an extracurricular club. Uh, Steam Geometrics, that's something that we are looking into pushing where we have, for starters with private schools, where we have an extracurricular club that embeds uh, the various foundation and shows the, the potential careers they can have in game development, right? So that's, uh, that's something that we need to look into uh, as a whole, as Africa uh in terms of money and uh, getting early investors into the ecosystem, that's very important because for you to grow, you need money to grow and you know to keep people uh, you know just to appreciate people's time as they are pushing uh, the dream of building the industry and growing these things. So getting investors um, into this is also important. That's why uh, getting gaming, and uh, teaching it from an educational and literature aspect is very important because then you can teach the, the pupils or the kids who are starting up what to expect from investors. What are the exit strategies for investors? What type of investors should you really be looking into? Is it angel investors? Is it VCs? You know, something that is suitable to them. So that, that way, we are also educating and equipping uh, the future to be able to, to be ready when these opportunities uh, come to them, I should say. Yeah, that's what I can say.
0: Brilliant. Side, let me, let me come to you. You, you, you. you talk about, for example, the role of women and how important it is for women to be roped into the conversation. Can you share your experiences with us and what you are also doing um, from um, South Africa, especially, about getting more and more women into the conversation?
2: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, getting women involved is definitely important uh, because, well, first of all, I'm a woman, yes. and Indeed. For, that,
0: <laughs>
2: for the last, yeah, ever since, like, um, ever since I started being interested in game development and exploring game development with my community, um, when I started out, it was mostly guys. And that immediately, um, for a while, didn't feel right to me. Like, you know, I'm yeah yeah so like in zambia so this is when i was still in zambia i was host i would be hosting workshops and there would always be guys would always be like one other girl um who shows up or something so um then i started hosting workshops for women in games and the first time i ever hosted that workshop it was just kind of to get more participation but when that was the first time I was ever in a space with other women, um, like, and we were working on games. And unexpectedly, we had some really conversations which I had never had with people who were around me all the time. Like, so people told me that, you know, they actually play games a lot, but they don't talk about it much because of, you know, the way guys treat them when they find out and things like that. So after that, I thought, you know, it's really important to have a space and and um, a space for women to be more involved in game development and over the years i started hosting an annual workshop but in addition to that i was learning that women have more have um like the interest people have well let me not just say women, but the people who showed up for my workshops their interests were in things like writing and all that so i was like you know what this is really good because a lot of people usually see game development as just the programming or the art. Um, But there is so much to game development and it made me realize like, you know what? Um, Maybe maybe we should start highlighting the people who the people who um contribute to games in other ways. Like yeah, a big part of it is art and programming, but you know for a, the whole games industry to move. You're gonna need people, you're gonna need business devs, you're gonna need marketing people, you're gonna need writers, you're gonna need producers, you're gonna need uh, sound people, you're gonna need people to voice act. you're gonna need um, HR people, you're gonna need so many people. So, um, So that gave me the idea to start documenting what people are already doing, because actually across the continent, Um, And around the world I'll meet really cool people like who are really in the game development industry And in fact one of those people who inspired me is is Johanna Like um, you meet people who are like really in the games the game development industry And they're really moving things, but then they don't have to be game developers. So for Africa um, Yeah, so that's why I decided to start prosarium.net. So through that I'm documenting a thousand African women and their contributions to games um doing that over the next five years. Currently we have like seven people on our website. But yeah, expect a lot more. We but yeah, we, I hope to highlight the different roles. We
0: we are getting there gradually. We are getting there gradually. Well um yeah. This is, you're still tuning in to 97.3 City FM. This is City Trends. We are having um, a global and a local conversation about the next frontier of African gaming. We have representation from, um, you know, all parts of of the continent and of course the UK as well, just to bring that perspective to you so to my to the members of the panel i just want you to um think through this one question what is the one thing you feel we need to start doing now in order for us to basically get to the next stage um of building this industry um just think about that for a second and to you the listener um if you want to contribute to this conversation please send in um, a whatsapp message on zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six the number once again is zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six alternatively you can reach us on twitter using the hashtag city trends that is c-i-t-i-t-r-e-n-d-s i'm going to start off this round um with johanna um basically what is the one thing that you you think we need to do to be able to get us you know going and to the next level johanna
3: um today um and personally i think we need to have um skills um and skills and uh, yes as as a as a era was saying we need to ensure that the population that there is talent, that there is skills, and with those skills, we're going to be able to create an ecosystem. We're going to be able to, uh, to uh, increase the uh, the the interest from the international market. Um, those skills as well will be important to for for the government to to invest back into. Uh, into the game, into the gaming industry, and have specific law, tax law uh, for for this uh, uh, for this industry. I think uh, we we need we need talent, we need uh, finances, and and as well we need. Uh, content, and I think the content uh, is there already because Africa is uh, is is wealthy in 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 culture, and uh, the fifty four countries have got their own uh, culture. I've uh, got each their own respective culture. So, one thing that needs to be done is the skills, and have uh, from from my perspective in uh, uh, in UK in the UK. I'm not on uh, the ground, so yeah.
0: Brilliant. Well, Douglas, you, you raised the point about how game development is one of the SDG goals. Can you expand on that for us? Um, it's a very interesting point that you raised there.
1: Uh, thanks, Philip. So, yeah, I mean, uh, definitely most of you are aware about the SDG. And uh, one of it is actually um, the SDG number four is um, how do we increase the quality of education globally? Um, and also looking at where the world is moving uh As we now, most of us are working from home, Uh, there's definitely the concept around future of education, and definitely how do we prepare, you know, young people in in order to compete for global jobs. So under SDG4 is, um, you know, there's mention of game development and virtual reality as one of the pillars, Um, and if we focus on this uh, to actually equip uh, young Africans with this knowledge, then uh, we're helping them actually compete on a global scale. And I'm sure most of people are asking how so. So if you look at global talent, you know, there's always need for developers and also game developers looking at where the world is going. Uh, So by providing access to some of this knowledge, there's a lot of, um, if uh, Johanna is aware, we're, we're under Unity, they're providing access to, like, you know, Unity material. Um, young people should take advantage advantage of these resources where they can upskill themselves, and then this definitely helps them uh, compete with people uh, on a global market. Um, if you also flip that a little bit uh, based on what Ellen said around, you know, the football and all those players, um, traditional sports, uh, we could see, you know, global players, global sports player coming, like, for example, to Africa to do the recruitment. Uh, but now also that is changing into esports where, you know, young people are playing uh, electronic sports, and they're also doing this professionally. So, you know, your parent is uh, always asking, you, hey, you're spending too much time on your console. You better get a book book and read, for example. But what if you could supplement their hobby and actually turn it into um, a professional sports where, you know, you're good in playing that game. You could then be able to compete uh, globally and actually get a job doing that. Um, and if you actually look closer, the numbers are quite rosy where young people are winning, you know, like prize money, for example, from some of the start tournaments. So it's definitely something that parents should also be looking, looking at.
0: Interesting. Ellen, um, let's let's come over to you then and um, find out, you know, basically what is the one thing that we need to move out of the way to get us where we want to get to um, in terms of building this this um, this industry?
5: Uh, yes, uh, from my perspective, uh, when I got into esports in 2018 officially, um, what I found was everyone had a vision for how we should be as Africa and where we should go and the steps we should take to get there. But uh, one thing that everyone one of us always misses is that even as we're doing all this, we should focus on uh, building a foundation in such a way that We promote the industry as a lifestyle to the young people and the people who are coming behind us. And one of the key ways, because we also have to look at it from a cultural perspective, because we're in Africa. And if you talk to uh, a kid, they'll say, "Oh, I've talked to a lot of players who we've tried to uh, get into the team." And one of the things they'll say is, "I know, I'm not sure if my dad or my mom would allow me to do this, or you know, uh, it's gaming. It's not really going to take me anywhere. You know, things like that." But what we need to implement is we're not fighting only against, uh, you know, showing how this industry can grow, but we're also fighting against cultural perspectives. We have to reach a point where we embed ourselves in the system, and the only way to do that is, like uh, my friends Douglas and Iram said, is documenting the literature, like the way Cta is doing, you know, trying to highlight the stories around Africa and how these young women and young people are changing their own lives. Uh, If we can get into, say, the school systems, maybe as a club or whatever it is, we can try and implement a way where it's a norm, and people start to see the value of uh, their kids being in the gaming industry, start to see the potential career opportunities, whether it's in writing, in science, in game development, or. Coding or business itself, or business development. So if we can do that, we'll make it a lifestyle. People will stop seeing the gaming industry as uh, something that's uh, a waste of time, but we we'll start to see it as the the new frontier in terms of digital opportunities for kids and the future. So oh. that's that's where we can go, building it in a lifestyle.
1: Maybe maybe just if I could jump in, uh, if you allow me. Yes, um, please. Okay. Yeah, so um, also also just building up on what uh, Ellen said is, yes, there's already a community, because um, the only way this can thrive is by having healthy communities in each of our respective ecosystems. And only then can now, you know, if, if you have someone in Zambia and someone in Kenya and someone in Ghana, Ghana playing, then, you know, you're able to have a healthy competition. And then this is able to also breed professionalism. Because before you actually go internationally, internationally you need to know that you're actually good, uh res- good and respected back home. And then this actually helps you uh, be recognized on a global level. Um, And there are platforms such as the Africa Esports Championship, which are hoping to achieve this. Um, If we look closer home, there's a young lady in Kenya called uh, Queen Arrow. she's a lawyer by training, but she's also a very active Esports player. And she's actually been pushed by um, an Esports company from the UK to join the league. So definitely there's movement and this will definitely keep growing
0: that's that's brilliant that's nice to hear lots of stuff happening well to the members of my panel i'm going to start off this last round of questions um with you aram um we know that there's a lot happening on the gaming scene so aram my next question to you will be what is the one trend that is interesting you're piquing your interest um globally um so while you ruminate on that let me just take a quick comment from rainhold senior um sending us a whatsapp message says i really appreciate your program i think we need to Inculcate gaming or coding programs into our curriculum or our syllabus. Introduction um, the introduction of ICT into the curriculum is good, but not taking seriously. We have some messages also on Twitter. We'll be coming to that in a bit. So, Aram, the floor is yours. What's one global trend within the gaming scene or the gaming sector um, is interesting and piquing your interest at the moment?
4: Yeah, um, so for me, I think. The more um, the trend that um, it's not a technical discipline, like gaming is not coding. I always like gaming is eighty percent arts and twenty percent science because robots can replace the coding, and robots are actually replacing code now. But the design aspect is not replaceable, and that is where the human being plays. So. Um, for me, I think what Leti has been doing is our internship programs um, that have made into a curriculum now called um, STEAM Africa, using STEAM to onboard artists. So, if you are a writer, you have a game idea, you are a sound engineer, where do I fit in this industry? And this trend is very, very, very exciting because a lot of artists, musicians, film actors, all these guys can find their role. In the gaming industry and in doing that is a collective effort you, you are indirectly onboarding artists into a stem course like a game is a technical product but the process is an artistic product and a creative one so when you bring the artists together to build a technical product indirectly you are onboarding people into stem right and that trend excites me so much and i believe that it's what um um, I've also um, put in literature, which is the first book that I um, wrote, on compromising Passion, and donated to about 1,000 schools. I think we've done about 700 so far across the country. And um, we want more literature on gaming. Whether you grew up in the village and you started making games, or in the city, or, or anywhere, just document it. People want to read your story and gain inspiration from that so we want more literature in the space which is localized um one of the things to that i would add to this particular point is that gaming is the only vacuum left to be filled in africa which will solve our gdp issue it will catapult our gdp seriously to be at par with the west because it employs everyone is the only thing that marries extreme science and extreme arts so once we bring it together everyone can find in making a game which is a technical product so this trend of how we are onboarding artists into the industry is something that excites me so much
0: let's jump to south africa sithi what um trend is catching your attention um in south africa so
2: It isn't a new trend, but the indie game development culture. um, So South Africa, like they've really embraced the indie game development culture. So that's independent game development. Um, That's where you know you have individuals with really small studios, really just pushing out games, and and a lot of the times it's purely just for the fun of it, purely um, just for the culture. So I'd really like to see that more in Africa, kind of like how we have how our musicians have really embrace themselves that way. Like you have so many musicians who are like, um, you know, they, ju- they just make music because they love it. And then they push it out on different platforms, SoundCloud, whatever. And, you know, they have followings online. So I'd like to see more Africans do that. I'd like to see more Africans like, you know, just put out your, you know, um, the idea of a game, like you don't have to think too big. Like there's a lot of like really small stuff, really small cool stuff that you can push out to people. Um, Visual novels, attractive stuff that I think people can really grab, and you can get a following, and you can like fight, sustain yourself there. So I'd like to see more people be taking advantage of um, indie game culture.
0: Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so let's go now to Johanna. Johanna, what is the one trend that is catching your attention?
3: The one trend that is catching my attention is the, uh, the interest from uh, from the game development. Uh, and the the fact that there is more and more uh, talent coming, um, raising in, uh, in in Africa on the continent, and to be to be honest, and I'm going to 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 I'm not sure that I will reply to your question. My dream is really to uh, to see that um, talent and and. African are lifted out of poverty into dignified employment, and when I tell about dignified employment, that means that they are, they will be um, uh, comfortable in their life. The game industry is is um, uh, the market. The games market is scheduled to be generating 1 100, uh, 159 billions in 2020, and. Which is an increase based on the coronavirus, uh, based, and that is um, the the numbers from uh, New Zoo. And why? So we can see that the the game industry, uh, media, and entertainment is the is the industry that's going to be the industry of the future. And Africa and the Africans needs to be at the forefront of this uh, uh, of this industry and and in scaling up and and having skills having investment and having the content we can actually diversify and increase the gdp uh with the uh with the game industry
0: brilliant um douglas um quickly what is the one trend that is catching your attention
1: um yeah i mean mine mine will be hyper casual um just because i'm A lot of people might be wondering, you know, how do I actually get into the game development scene? So just building on top of, you know, what we've said, culture, academia, et cetera. um, Africa is a unique position just because, you know, it's it's the largest continent uh, possibly going forward that, you know, uh, will have the largest number of devices. Uh, The cost of data in Africa is much lower compared to other continents. Uh, We recently saw, you know, Facebook also put, Pulling is looking to put another fiber connectivity um, into the continent. Uh, this will definitely drastically lower the uh, the prices uh, of data on the continent. So I think hyper casual is something that is is building up. It's gaining momentum, not just in Kenya but across. Uh, this is something that you know anyone looking to enter into uh, game development should consider. Um, And there's definitely a big uh, return on investment uh, just because also devices are becoming cheaper and also um, this is also being bundled with connectivity. So I'm definitely looking forward to anyone who might be building hyper-casual and and seeing how the industry grows.
0: Thank you so much, Douglas, for that. And we finally have Ellen. Ellen, what is the one trend that is catching your attention in the gaming um, industry?
5: Um, The one trend that's uh, catching my attention is um, I I won't speak just for Zambia, I'll speak in general. Uh, In Africa, uh, last year I saw for the first time uh, a unity in terms of um, the various associations on the continent, like uh, the Ghana Esports Association, Nigeria Esports Association. Uh, The Zimbabwe Esports Association, you know, all the associations came together and they formed um, the Africa Esports Championship, which was uh, an initiative where everyone. Can have a platform where all the the founders and leaders in their respective countries can look towards building a united uh, tournament that can cater for our talent and you know expose them to various opportunities to take part abroad or be uh, poached uh, to teams like uh, Douglas uh, mentioned earlier. So that trend was uh, really inspiring to me because ever since that uh, time i have uh, expanded my network with uh, more people in uh, africa and for the first time i've got to collaborate and learn from other people this is encouraging because it's it's going to build um, a good foundation for all the kids and young people who are going to come on after us to find something readily a network that's already there and ready for them to actually grow and expand on. So that's a trend that I really hope can continue growing and blossoming, and I look forward to seeing uh, the things we can all achieve together, united as Africa pioneers.
0: And that is indeed the best way to wrap up on the conversation. Thank you so much, guys, for making time to join us for this particular conversation. It was, it was fantastic having you on, on the show. Um, just want to remind you, Cithé, um, all the way from South Africa, um, joining us for the conversation. Douglas uh, in Kenya and Johanna in the UK, Aram, right here in Ghana. And then Ellen also joining us um from from namibia thank you so much guys for joining me and i appreciate the time that you've made to share your knowledge with us it has been fantastic learned so much and i do i I know my listeners also have learned quite a bit so i really appreciate your time once again well we don't have a lot of time so let's get straight into the your tech segment um and this segment is brought to you of course by Ellen interesting uh, take it away Ellen
6: hi guys good evening I hope you are fine and everything that you are involved with is going on well for you this evening we'll go straight to the point and talk about Adam's issue so Adam got in touch and basically he has a problem with his apps okay so you know that situation where you really need to do something on the phone you probably need to open this particular app to do something and then it's either frozen or even worse it just closes by itself you don't touch you don't do anything it's open the next moment you realize it's closed yeah so that is the issue adam is having i think it's something that a lot of us go through so let's listen to Adam talk about how this happens on his phone.
7: I've been using a Samsung Galaxy A10 for a while now. I use a lot of social media apps, mainly Instagram and Snapchat. And I've noticed a problem recently. Like at random times during the day when I'm on these apps, they just close. Like it's nearly like they crash or something of the sort. And It doesn't happen on purpose. I don't actually close these apps. They just close by themselves. I don't know what the problem could be. Um, So I'd be grateful if I could get some help concerning that.
6: Hopefully, this solution that we have will not just sort Adam out, but a lot of us going through this particular issue. So this is what City Trends has about this problem.
7: Adam, what you are referring to is... Um, an application that is crashing when you say an application is crashing it means that it goes off by itself when you say an application is freezing it means that it's showing up on the screen but it is unresponsive to go to your question about your galaxy a10 with the apps or your social media apps crashing that is your uh, instagram and um, snapchat there are so many reasons that an app will crash one of the most popular is um, how the phone and the app interact to manage the memory that is available for use another one is then how it manages the network because these days you have all the different apps on the phone talking to the internet in real time that can also depending on how well it is being managed cause the app to crash you also have updates, as updates to the apps, updates to the operating system of your phone, which is an Android. Then you have customization of launches. And lastly, you have Google services. All these things have to be in the best condition to work in order to give you a seamless operation of your phone. I don't know what kind of customizations and the state of your updates. But to be able to help you answer this question, I'll recommend that you do a backup, restore your phone to factory settings, then reinstall the apps one by one. But before then, make sure your operating system software is updated to the very latest. Your Google services also have the latest updates before you start with installing apps. I hope this helps. All the best.
6: So guys, as usual, get interactive with me. The Twitter handle is at EADAPA. The DAPA is D-A-P-A-A-H. Or you can send your WhatsApp message to the city FM number. Tell me about your problems and city trends would help you with a solution. Have a good evening, stay safe, and take care of yourself.
0: And that will be all for today's show It's been a pleasure coming your way Thank you so much for your messages as well um, And everything else Um, That is all for today's show A big thank you to the entire team For making it possible The show will be available as a podcast first thing tomorrow So until then, stay techy